All right, so 10 days out of Chuck Walla Valley Raceway, Jason Pridmore was out there. No Supercross. We skipped the podcast. Sorry. But now we're back with the Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Go check out Bike911.com. Alex Asante's got your, your guidance. He can help you out. Bike911.com. But since Jason Pridmore is back in the land of the living, out in uh, a place where there's actually like hotels and bathrooms and things like that that aren't an hour away hi jp <laughs> what's was 10 days at chucky i was 10 days out there it's long it was long but it was good um man a lot of things a lot of things out there um yeah but with the cabins out there it's great because you can just you chill at the cabins and and um you don't have to you don't have to make that drive anymore so it's nice i remember when i used to do it we actually went back and forth to the valley twice during the time i was there and uh, it, I saw it, you, you saw Carrot Top, did you? I saw that. Post. I did. We saw him. It was pretty fun. Uh, then they have a new. They have a hockey team there now. Like a, it's the, it's the team where the Seattle Kraken pull all their players from. So it's like they're, they're, I guess AAA type team. I don't know what it's called in hockey, but anyhow, um, I went and saw one of their games, which is pretty cool. So yeah, it was good. John Norton's going to be very upset that you don't know. I know. Norty's going to be mad what it would be. I, and farm team? Tri- I don't know what you call it farm either. Farm team, uh, yeah. So, so anyways, went and saw their game, and they're actually a really good team. Like, like, um, Yeah, like leading their conference division. And and yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I went back and forth there a couple times, and then um, worked worked with a lot of students, which was a blast. And then, then the races on the weekend. We had CVMA on the weekend. So, yeah. Um, it was a little bit chillier out there than what's normal. It was about as cold as you're going to get it at Chuckwalla for CVMA weekends. It was like in the mid fifties probably. And, um, but it was, it was really nice. Other than that, uh, Dave Anthony beat Corey Alexander and Bryce Prince in, um, I saw that. Yeah. I beat them in, in the main, in the main race. Um, Ezra Bobier was out there. You know, who else was out there was Caleb DeCarroll. The, uh, Caleb oh, DeCarroll. He, he rode great, man. I'll be honest with you. He was on like a, you know, that they're, they're formulated that BMW team. I haven't really read anything about the team, but I just, I know that that's what's going on. Um, and they're going to be both be riding stock thousand. And I was watching Caleb all weekend. He just, he just did exactly what he did on the junior cup or not junior cup on the twins cup bikes where he just methodically kind of plugs along and works. But I think he got down into the 45s as well, which is fast, man. That's, so seeing Caleb ride that bike was uh, was really good. Um, let's see in the sh- in the sh- uh, middleweight shootout was um, uh, Colstad. David Colstad rode really well to beat Brandon Kettleson. Uh, Brandon Kettleson, yeah. Brandon had a crash uh, in the morning super sport race, um, and they barely got his bike back together. Derek Keys was out there, and uh, they got his bike back together. And him and David Colstead battled in that race. And then Michael Gilbert ended up third on an old M4, a couple-year-old M4 GSX-R600 that was Liam Grant's. So Michael got back on a bike after all of his 2022 leg injuries and all that stuff. So, yeah, that was, again, a big field, a lot of good racing. I mean, G-Dub, you know the lap times out there. It's, it's I think... I think David did a either a high fifty one or a low fifty two in qualifying, and it put him sixteenth. David Kolb, Kolb, like 
That's 51 or 59, nine or something. Is that all I did? 57, nine, 57. So see, I gave you a little credit there. I could have gone no two Oh nine, but far off dude. No, but anyways. And then, uh, and then what was really cool is, uh, Cody Wyman wasn't out there this weekend. So Dave Anthony rode his bike in twins. So he was on an R seven. Dave rode an R seven and, um, he went pretty fast. I think he won the twins shootout and then Owen Williams won the, the, junior cup shootout so yeah busy busy week busy weekend sorry we gw and i definitely are not trying to make a habit out of missing podcasts it's just no. it's it's crazy how hard it is to carve an hour out of your week especially when you're at a racetrack the whole time and you've got kind of getting pulled a few directions you know and yeah i know you were traveling a little bit too so yeah yeah it's just travel it is so, but we're back. We're back in full strength. Yeah. And in this podcast, yeah. we got a ton of news to cover because there's a lot it. of stuff going on there. And of course, we had Supercross. We had a race in San Diego. They had to skip last week because of rain. They did get San Diego done. And uh, there were some other things happening at San Diego that we're going to talk about in the news. And we're going to talk about Supercross Fantasy. If you'd like to support the channel because you like what we're doing, you can go to patreon.com slash Greg's Garage TV. I'm going to stop promising uh, special content there because, you know, I will have some up eventually, but. Race season's around the corner, dude. It's like 35 days today. Oh, my God. So close. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Uh, so why don't we just we'll launch right into um, our news presented by Arai. And, Jason, I'm going to do the music. Just the music. No read today. Because yeah. as I launch into this thing, all right, I'm going to fade this music out. Last week, it was announced finally that Arai has launched their new Contour X helmet, and that was the press launch that I got to go to in December. So I got to ride with the uh, with the new Contour X helmet. And generally, I think Jason, when you when a company releases a helmet, like you know, it's all right, it's a little bit improvement. But I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm not joking when I say that this this is the most comfortable helmet I've ever been in in my entire life. They have figured out a way to make it lighter with at the same time, keeping the same structural integrity that they've always had. And then they got this, like this liner that they have. That's like this velvety kind of stuff. And the the thing too, is that they've reduced the amount of um, like diffusers and stuff on the top for air vents. Yeah. They still have them. They have more airflow than they've ever had before. You know how Rye has like the logo in the middle of the forehead. Yep. They've now on that helmet made that a vent. So the logo's there and it actually has a thing. So the oh, airflow is wow. better. I mean, yep. dude, it was like freaking 40-something degrees and uh, being a bald head. When it's that cold and I open and close vents, there's no better way to feel like that cold air rush on your head, like the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. But the honestly, the biggest thing for me is the the opening of the helmet is five millimeters wider. So it's a little bit more comfortable and easy to pull over your head. But I'm telling you, it's cheaper than the top-of-the-line helmets by 100 or so dollars. It's worth a look, the Contour X. The other thing that they've done is on the side of the helmet, kind of by where your jawbone would be and your jaw, like running down from, you know, your, like your cheek down, they yep. flatten that area out slightly. So um, you can put things like the Cardo system and stuff mounted on the helmet Oh wow! in a better way. And they were really cool, Jay. Like Cardo came out and they actually have a new Cardo system that's got the new Bluetooth 5.2. And dude, the the difference is night and day. It's thirty percent louder than the one that I used on the ride to the races thing, and the Bluetooth makes a huge difference. Like it, it's a huge difference in, I guess, power consumption, but the clarity and stuff. And man, this thing, this new Cardo system, I cannot rave. I think I talked about it already, but anyway. So they, they they've they've 
basically kept like having a communication system in mind. There's like new, uh, like where your cheek pads are, where the, where the speakers are going to go in. Anyway, go check out Arai. I didn't know this. They, they interviewed me. You know, what's really funny, Jay, is I've done a million interviews where I've talked to people. I'm the person doing the interviewing. I cannot stand being interviewed. And they sit me down and they're like, tell us like where we are, what we're doing. Just like I ask everybody else. I swear to God, dude, I don't know how people do it. I mean, I it's, came it, off like such a tool. Like, when yeah, I, you know, that's when I got done with that interview, you. I'm that's, like, that's, that's normal. Dude, I said that the helmet was rad, rad. Oh, that that's said? great. Yeah, it's good. Like that. It was so fucking. We're back and in they used it. At, they used it at the it's top good. of the feature, dude. And I was like, "What the? Fuck? The helmet yeah, is rad," says Greg White. I think that's what I said. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I now, like, I'm so stupid. But it's anyway, got to be weird for you because you have done a 10 million interviews. It, I'll be honest with you. When I was doing some of the, uh, when when I started doing some of the TV stuff and I had to do the podiums and do interviews on the podiums, it felt weird because I felt. I, I felt weird for me too. So I know what you're saying about that. Mm, so yeah. having, you know, it, cause at that point I was doing the interview to people that were, that I'd raced against still, you know, I was, I remember that doing grid. True. Yes. Yeah, I was yeah. doing grid interviews. I remember one of the very first grid interviews I ever did was with Eric Bostrom on the starting line at Daytona. And he even made some sort of comment about like, this is weird seeing you right here and not like <laughs> out, out here type of thing. So, yeah, when you're not used to your normal place where you, like you say, you've given 10,000 interviews where you've had to ask the questions and now you're sitting down on the other side, it's got to be sort of strange. So Yeah, well, cool. I kind of never really yeah. thought about it because ever since I started racing AMA Nationals back in the day, I was also doing TV at the same time, right? So I never had the separation. I've literally been doing television. I actually started doing TV the year that I raced, what was that, 97, right? Um, yeah. At Pike's Peak, I had already done two TV broadcasts. So I'd done Mid-Ohio as a color commentator for the 883 <clears throat> class and the 250 class. Yeah, right. That's crazy. You know, because they couldn't, yeah, yeah, like yeah. somebody couldn't make it or something. They were like, hey, can you just sit in the booth and talk about racing? I'm like, I'm yeah, yeah, about yeah. A 250 or an 883. Yeah. And I remember like the only guys that I knew in the 883 class, I think Zemke was racing that one. And a guy oh, who yeah. I raced with at Weira, Joey Gillen, was like finished fourth. And when they oh, got gosh. done, it's like all you could talk about was that guy. And I was like, that's the only guy I knew. You know, I didn't know how to do yeah. TV back then. Didn't know how to do anybody. Yeah. Then yeah, later I that I started, but so I've never known the difference. Like racing with people and interviewing them has just been a thing, right? It's always been a thing with me. But yeah, you're talking about the separation, but it's pretty well, funny. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, if it, you know, we're, we're, Jason and I are lucky enough to continue on with Moto America for, for the 2023 season as the commentators. And so, you know, we'll be doing more, um, more of that stuff this year. But in Moto America news, uh, the last couple of days, Vision Wheel M4X Star Suzuki team has announced their rider lineup, and it started yesterday with Richie Escalante and Tyler Scott. Escalante continues on his second season on the GSXR 1000 Superbike. Scott will return on the GSXR 750 in that bike, which made its debut in Supersport under the Next Generation rules. And he won a race because he's just a talented kid and all that kind of stuff. But Jason, just as we get launched this podcast. News came across the wire. They've announced another couple riders. Tony Elias returns to the Vision Wheel M4X Star Suzuki team back to Superbike. And uh, Teague Hobbs will be also on the Vision Wheel M4X Star Suzuki team. So I guess it kind of begs the question, Jay, just looking at that team in general as one of the premier Superbike teams and, and super sport teams in the paddock, what do you think about the rider lineup? I mean, Tony Elias back. A little, little shocked? or <clears throat> I'd say I'm a little at- bit... I'd say I'm a little bit shocked. Yeah. Um, 
am I a little bit shocked? I don't know who, look, at the end of the day, I don't know who else was really out there for them to kind of pick from. These guys, like, Chris works so hard on trying to get his teams put together, Chris Ulrich. And, and you know, when you start to look at who we had already, you, you kind of knew Escalante was going to be there. Obviously, we knew that already, and we and, and Ty Scott as well. Uh, last year, Lockoff was on the 750 is also, and we don't know what Sam's doing yet. I'm hearing kind of rumors about what he could be doing next year, but the fact that he's moved on from that team, and then they've been trying to fill the second spot on the Superbike um, for some time. And you have to think that with what's the difference between – when Tony's going to ride for them now compared to where Tony rode for them a couple of years ago, uh, two or, is it three years or two years now, G-Dub? I can't remember. Um, I think it would have been 2020 is when Tony. Yeah, I think so. Him, 2020. Because right? 21, yeah. he did some rides um, on, he rode Kyle Wyman's Ducati and he rode Kyle yeah. Wyman's and he rode, I, I think, think he, an attack. He, he, he rode, rode it attack all last bike. year. Oh, attack. And, That's right. Yeah. And he didn't ride at all. Attack. I don't think he rode last year. I don't think so. Yeah. So, when you look at it, what's the difference? Well, there's obviously has to be something that has changed within the structure of the team. And we know Chris has been working hard on trying to make those super bikes better and getting some more people involved that could maybe help with the electronics and some of those things. I mean, what M4 is doing is, is you know, they're going into these into super bike class and they've been fighting, you know, they've been doing this on their own. And maybe, you know, we've talked to Chris a little bit. We know some of the things that are going on with some personnel from Japan or from even the MotoGP team that are maybe uh, helping get get these electronics or some other things figured out to try to get this bike competitive. Um, so that said, I think it's great. I hope that Tony can uh, have a great season with them. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know their crews, crew chiefs. I don't know what they've, what they've got over there. We'll find that out as we go. But this is a team that you've got to kind of pull for, in my opinion, because you know, we need teams in our paddock. Um, and Chris and John been in the paddock for a zillion years. I mean, I mean, it's got to be what, at, what's Hammer? They've been around for 50 years. Ham, team Hammer, probably. Team Hammer, got to be. Yeah, yeah. Team Hammer. You know, when, so. when did they come back to AMA? Maybe 99? Yeah. Or 2000? It was, it, it, yeah, somewhere in that realm. But, you know, they're an important part of our paddock and our team, our, our team structure within the paddock. So, you know, we know Escalante is great. We know Tony's great. Tony's superbike champion, Moto Two world champion. I mean, they've got capable, capable hands on the bikes. Now they've just got to get the bikes where they 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 kind of need them to get to 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 be competitive. So, yeah, I'm pulling for them. Ducati had their annual team launch with MotoGP and World Superbike together, and the big news, other than I guess they've updated the red to be more vibrant is that both world champions, Peko Bagnaya and Bautista, obviously in World Superbike, they're both going to run the number one plates. Now, Jay, it has been since Casey Stoner on a Honda in 2012 that anyone's run the number one plate in MotoGP. The thoughts are my brand, right? Valentino's got his 46 and my brand, this and that. What do you think about that? Not necessarily about those two guys running the number one plate, or you can comment on that, but just about people running the number one plate in general. There's always this talk, oh, it should be mandatory if you win the championship or whatever. You ran the number one plate, right, in 90, mm-hmm. 98. 98. And did you did you run it? Yeah. Did you race Form Extreme, Extreme the year yeah. after? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know you like the number one. I know my opinion, but what are your thoughts about this whole 
you know, because I mean, Ducati used it as a buildup, Jay, on social media. What are they going to do? And it's, it's unveiled in a week and all this kind of crap. What do you think? I I'm just don't care. Like I, one way or the other, I think that it's just a prerogative of a rider. You know, like GW, if someone said like, it's funny because you're, you know, everybody says what unlucky 13 is and you had never had a problem running 13 and Melissa yeah. Paris never had a problem running 13. So there'd be a lot of people out there that would be telling you, you can't run that number because it's bad luck. It's this, it's that. And you'd be like, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Right. So mm-hmm. for me, I don't even remember having a discussion with the teams that I was lucky enough to win championships for. The number one was just on my bike when I got there. And, and I, huh. Greg, I understand kind of the, the concept behind the branding of numbers but that said, I, I feel like I was thinking about this the other day because I, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I'm like, this would be something that Greg's probably going to talk to me about. But when you start to think about it, there's only really a few numbers that, that, that are so iconic, like the 46, the 93. I mean, Nikki number 69, he only won one MotoGP championship, but the 69 is synonymous with him. You talk to people, why do you run the 69 for Nikki Hayden? So... You think about some of the numbers that are out there and, um, you know, I, I feel that, that, you know, I see the same argument, G-Dub, about these guys get, they get their, their backs up about t- numbers being retired. Like it, it's, it's, for me, it's not even like, it's not a big deal. If you want to retire somebody's number, then, then do it. You start to eliminate numbers as you get, as you go down the line, there's some poor kid that's writing with number 46 somewhere right now that yeah. would never be able to take that number with him. So I don't know. I, it just doesn't. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm, Jay, I'm pretty sure that like Pecco, I don't think Pecco yeah. ran the same number in Moto2 as he did Moto3, and he didn't run the same number in GP as he did in Moto2. Oh, I don't know. That's you a know, good I'm question. pretty sure yeah, that that's know. the case. Like I, So like for Pecco, I, you know, I don't think that he was married to his number anyway, necessarily. Yeah, I, I think. I, that, I remember looking yeah. up a stat where I was looking at him and looking at some results that he's had, and I can remember seeing different numbers. And so, I mean, I, and I was going to look it up right now well, and really. Well, numbers check, for me. Numbers for me, G Dub, are had a variety of numbers too. Oh, they yeah, are, but, yeah, yeah. but but in in the sense that like like oh, wait I a used second. to remember how many how many podiums has Peko Bagnaya had total in his career? Are you talking, talking about numbers? Moto three, Moto two, Moto GP, like the whole the whole kit and caboodle. How many podiums has he had? Oh, I don't know why I'm getting asked this question, but why? I'm going to go. Yes, with, you do. Uh, why am I asking you this question? How many podiums? Forty forty three. 43. That's right. Yeah. That's, so that's the numbers, right? Like that. Numbers so numbers, numbers are, um, I used to memorize people's phone numbers by thinking of writers, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's it. when I, now nobody memorizes phone numbers anymore because you don't have to. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I just think it's, um, I think it's great. I think it's great that they're going to run the number one plate. I'm sure Ducati, I'm sure Ducati, there was, I, w- I don't want to say pressure, but to have the number one plate in World Superbike and the number one plate in MotoGP is a big thing, you know, for them. And uh, you know, I wouldn't you call it pressure already... either. I have to imagine Ducati said, "This is our preference. We yeah. would we would like you to run the number one plate." But I'm not mm-hmm. sure if there was pressure. Those I mean, you saw Johnny like... ran number one plate every year. Yeah. Johnny Ray and, and yeah. number sixty five has been synonymous with him. But you know. Um, Batista's ran 19 for as long as I can remember, but I always looked at number 19 as Freddie Spencer because that's what I grew up with, you know? Yeah. So it's just as much as Michael Rubin Rinaldi in World Superbike is on 21 right now. Who's 21 remind you of? Uh, Eddie Lawson. Oh, really? See, for me, Eddie Lawson for me. Oh, yeah. That too, but Eddie Lawson was 21 when I was a kid. And right. that's how I remember. I mean, Kenny Roberts was always number two. 
Like you just, there's just things there. You know, Wayne was always number 60. So Mm -hmm. there, there, there is an impact on that. It's definitely a memorable thing to memorize, you know, to, for people's numbers. But I think that whenever your guy, if you're, if, if I'm a Greg White guy and he's 13 and he wins the championship, I, I want you to run the number one as a fan, you know, because kind of my guy. Right. So I don't know. I think it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. To me, it's so a badge cool. of honor. You know, it's I think bad, it's cool. You, think about yeah. how hard you work cool. your life to become world champion. You deserve something that everybody recognizes as well. And if you have a new, somebody new to the sport you're introducing, it's really easy to say, just look at the person with the number one plate. They're the person who won the championship last year, you know, Correct. E- easy peasy. Um, yeah. Well, Jay, let's transition into something that uh, is current, which is World Superbike has a test going on right now. Uh, they just finished up their day at Jerez. They got another day tomorrow. But, Jay, there's like, uh, I think, 920 of the World Superbike riders uh, in that are going to race next year are at this test in Jerez. Plus, we have a couple. I know Sam Lowe's is there on a stock 1,000 bike. Uh, Anna Carrasco was there. I'm guessing on a 600. I don't know. But, Jay, Top Rack Raz got the Oglu, goes P1 towards the end of the day. Over Batista, Michael Ruben Rinaldi ends up third. Then Johnny Ray, just a tick ahead of his buddy, Ale- uh, his teammate Alex Lowe's. And Petrucci ends up P6. Now, Petrucci was like P4 at the first half of the day. He did a 139.7. He's never, he didn't go quicker than that the rest of the day. Uh, and then you have Vierge and Likawona on the HRC bikes. Dominic Agurda was ninth. That's, that's a guy I keep an eye on. Then Scott Redding and Garrett Gerloff. So two BMWs, the factory bike and the, and the support bike. They are uh, 10th and 11th. Now, I was watching a lot of this, Jason. The Ducatis are wickedly fast still. Okay, some <laughs> 8 to 9K faster than the Kawasaki's. Top Rack ends up going 269 as a top speed during his fastest lap. But I saw 273, 275 or something like that. A K an hour out of Bautista. But the second fastest bikes that I saw on a regular basis... Uh, were definitely the BMWs and yeah. the yeah the BMWs even even you, Gerloff and Redding were really close. Where'd you pull up your results at, Gdub? If you uh, if you go to you can do one of two things. Go to Twitter. Steve English posted seven hours ago. Uh, yeah. It's alive dot chrono com. So it was actual timing and scoring at the racetrack, and okay. it's still up. Actually, normally they re, they reset those things. Yep. So um, the difference is is that top rack. You know, Top Rack goes thirty-eight-five, and he he. I mean, I'm going to guess and say that Top Rack and Batista put in some softies because most of the times, and even even Michael Rubin Rinaldi, that's just a guess because most of the times we're floating around the one thirty-nine-five range with yeah. a lot of those top riders doing thirty-nine nines, forty point ones, those types of things. Yeah, and then there was the gap back. So, but but it was it was really Top Rack, Batista, Johnny Ray led for a while. Uh, Michael Ruben Rinaldi, Petrucci, and Alex Lowe's were kind of there. So having the order we had, um, the temperature was, I checked it out, it was about 56 degrees and sunny, and tomorrow should be about the same. So kind of that Chuck Walla weather that you were talking about might yep. not get the optimal out of it. But looking at Petrucci, he was one of the early guys in the 39s, 39.7. I just, look, it's early days. It's his first time. It's Garrett Gerloff's first time on his BMW in the dry. So there's a lot of first timers there. Um, you know, Tom Sykes was back in action. He was P16, 2.2 off. Loris Baz, shocking. He's on the two point four off. Chetty bike, two point four. Was it? He's on the, yeah, the, Sykes, the time yeah. that I saw Garrett was only like point one off of Redding. Is that correct? That's yeah, what he I was. Saw and early. So yeah, so he ended up point zero six eight. So so half so a tenth. He was half a tenth right off of Redding. Redding. 
Yeah. Oh, be it was half a tenth off of Dominic Agurter. What do you think about Dami Agurter, man, coming out of the box straight away? He's 1.3 off the fastest riders, but still he he breaks into the 39s. There are only 10 riders in the 39s. That's so impressive. I mean, it, Dominic Agurta, because he's been around for so long, I think that we all underestimate him a little bit, even though they showed so much dominance in World Supersport. I mean, like I've said so many times on this podcast, like watching that guy race World Supersport the last couple of years has been so fun. There's been yeah. so many times when you think he's out of it and he always finds his way back to the front. And I just really think I, 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 I really rate him. So um, it's good. How far ahead? Because I don't have him up. I'm sorry. But okay. how, how far ahead was Locatelli to, to Agurta? Locatelli was, let's see, about three tenths slower than Dominic Agurta was. Mm. It's pretty wild. And Remy back, I saw Remy was like 14th or something, but yeah. So yeah. Remy, yeah, he ended up 14th just ahead of Andamark. Now keep in mind, we, we don't know, you know, who put in a tire. We, we don't, don't know, know what, what the strategy what. was. We don't know if they're running new bikes. I know that this test is a huge thing for yep. the Kawasaki team. They came out with a press release yesterday or something talking about how they need to make the decision. And if you don't know about world Superbike, learn it a little bit because this year it's the same rules that apply to us in Moto America, which is this is the test for world Superbike, where a lot of the teams are going to make their decision on what gearboxes they're going to run because each individual rider can choose their own gearbox. And then once they do, it's locked in for the season. Yeah. So you don't have to choose the stock gearbox. And I'm sure that Cowie's probably got two bikes. I would imagine a 2022 and a 23 bike, but the gearbox is probably a big deal if they had any engine improvements, which we don't know because I don't know what's doing, going on with the RPMs. Are they giving them back? I don't know. Now that Scott Smart is gone, who's running that thing? Who's I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. It's a little confusing. You know, it is a little bit confusing. And I think, um, you know, like I, I know for for fact today too, G-Dub, that like um, uh, uh, that cows only rode half day. They, they were, I think they only rode from oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking the at the end it, of the day. G- yeah, so they so, didn't do as many laps as everybody else. Bautista did eighty-eight laps, and Johnny Ray only did forty-two. Yeah, yeah. So they why would they do half. that though, Jay? Well, it has that? something to do with the testing restrictions. And here's the problem I think with the Cowies, and it's well documented, is that they always go fast in the winter tests. Where Kawasaki has their biggest problems is when it gets hot. That's when the that's when they have their biggest problems. So obviously, there's nowhere for them to really go testing right now, where it's going to be hot, where they can. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know exactly what new stuff they had. I've been going back and forth with Alex a little bit this morning, Lowe's over there. And um, and he was just kind of telling me that they did half the day. They had a couple issues in this and that. So, you know, again, though, it's the testing conditions being mid-50s. They need it to be mid-80s, mid-90s, I think. That's what Kawasaki Fahrenheit, needs. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, so we'll see. Um, All right. Yeah. By, by the way, uh, HRC is supposed to be there testing with Stefan Brottle. You know, and making making his HRC de- debut is Suzuki star engineer Ken Kawauchi. Um, so he moves from that now defunct Suzuki GP team to HRC and J. It's rare that we see a company man like Kawauchi make a big switch. You know, you now have two Suzuki riders in the HRC fold and you have a lead engineer who's taking over the technical director role in HRC. What are your thoughts about all that stuff? I mean, I, you know, we've, you've been around GP longer than I have, and I don't remember other than the Italians. You know, the Italians, you know, you get one guy going from Aprilia to Ducati and all that stuff. It's just rare it, that I know of in Japanese factory stuff. What are your thoughts? Well, look, Greg, I, I think that the you can see what's happened here. 
probably the the day that Suzuki announced that they were gone, you got to think that Honda went. We have to like that's it. Suzuki was a very. I think it was a very successful project. Obviously, it was so good. Yeah. And what do they do? They go out and hire both their riders almost immediately. I mean, Mm -hmm. Renz was snapped up by LCR. Um, There were talks about him going to Pramac and all these other things. He he goes to LCR, uh, and then they they get. What's his name over to the factory team? I mean, Mir Mir going to the factory team to me is an interesting thing. I said, "What's his name?" Dude, I'm I'm literally losing dude, it. That's my boy. That's my no. I'm, oh no, I know. I know well, but you, but you, dude, you got it's gonna take you three days to recover so, from ten days of Chuck Wall. I'm telling you. No, but I'm losing. That's a lot it. of like, days to have desert sand blown in your. It's totally it's hosing me. So, oh, but Mir Mir and Rin's going there as the two riders from Suzuki. There had to be some. You cannot tell me that Renz and Mir didn't get together with a few of the guys on their team and said, "You got somebody's got to go with us." Like, and it'd be interesting to see how many more. Where, like, it would be fun to watch to see where all the Suzuki mechanics went. Like, where did everybody like? Yeah, disband yeah, where to where they all go, you know. And you got to think that there's going to be a few of those, uh, you know, that are going to be on Renz or Mir's side at this point. That there's going to be some Suzuki people there. Um, to to try to create an atmosphere that's going to be successful. So, it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me at all. It doesn't surprise me at all to see to see um, Suzuki guys moving over to Honda. They got to go somewhere. They got to go somewhere. I'm excited yeah. to see what happens, especially with the test coming up uh, beginning of February. You know, over in Sepang and and who's doing what? The Honda's got a long way to go, and they have a really pissed rider in Mark Marquez, who's been having a, apparently just an outstanding off season, very healthy and all that kind of stuff. But Jay. Next week on this very day, we're recording this on Wednesday, January 25th. Happy birthday to Jason White, by the way. What uh, is it today? He turns old today. Yeah, Jeff White's birthday is in two days. So, oh, so Jason's Jeff White today happy... and Jeff's in yeah. two days. Wow. And my, my half-sister is, is January 18th and I'm April 1st. Wow. Yeah, we used to say Crazy. to my dad, you, you want to you explain that? And he's like, well, you're the only one that's planned. And I'm like, if I'm the only one that's planned, then we know when you get a little randy. <laughs> In the springtime, pops. <laughs> you know? Anyway. Great. Paul White, rest his soul. My dad, fucking legend. Uh, so, JP, look, on this day next week is the 1st of February, right? Mm-hmm. It is also National Dark Chocolate Day. That's wow. yummy. It's also National Decorating with Candy Day and <laughs> National Freedom Day. But the reason I'm talking about it is because <laughs> next February 1st is also... National Girls and Women in Sports Day. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because Moto America star Kayla Yakov, who's still 15 years old, is going to be featured on NBC's Today Show with Hoda and Jenna. Uh, they, I think Monday of this week, they went, they sent a crew down and they spent some time with Kayla on the motorcycle and interviewed her. And she's going to be featured on the Today Show. So make sure, you know, if you're not a, an NBC Today show, which I'm not a regular viewer, but if you are, maybe set the DVR or figure out how to watch it uh, February mm-hmm. 1st to give some support to Kayla. Regardless of anything, the fact that somehow, I think it was maybe Sean Bice Remote America got the word out, you know, that Kayla exists and what she's been able to do. Get re- getting recognition in our sport is always a great thing, especially on a show as big as the Today Show. It's great, but that's the kind of needle that Kayla can move and... I saw somewhere, I don't know where I read it, but they're like as great of a writer as she is, which she is. She's incredible. Um, she's an even greater person. She's even just a, she's a great interview. She's positive. She's fun. She's witty. She's got all those things going for her. So, you know, like right now she's kind of the total package 
and a great ambassador for Moto America. I'm glad that we still have her here in the States. I think she's going to do great this year. She's going to be on that R7, and Melissa's going to be tuning it. Um, all in all, I think that that's a it's a great combination. And um, you know, I'm 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 hoping that she could go out and win some races this year. It's that Twins Cup class. I mean, Greg, that could <laughs> be the toughest class. That could be the toughest class. Honestly, I'm I agree. trying to think of. I know we 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 kind of know what Superbike is. We kind of know in the Super Sport category, we know it's going to be difficult too, but. I there's probably six to eight people that can win in Twins Cup. Yeah, legitimate. So it's it's going to be yeah. interesting to watch. Look, before we move on to Supercross, there's one more thing I want to talk about, and that Yamaha did a, a I don't know what you call it, kind of a cross platform uniform livery launch in San Diego. I don't know if you got to see that. Oh, at all, I saw. Jay. I I just saw a little bit of that. Yeah. So. Basically, you had the Yamaha factory team came out with their new livery. It's kind of this like blue camo. I like it. It's kind of subtle. But then they announced uh, San Diego Supercross that they're doing it across Supercross. And I, I can't remember. What, are they, what else are they doing it at? Supercross, World Supercross, maybe Rally. I can't remember. Anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter. So at Supercross, though. Because they did that launch, like Lynn Jarvis showed up and and some other some other uh, people showed up to that event, Jay. But what was interesting is you remember how after the test, the Monday or the Tuesday Wednesday test after the end of the season in MotoGP, Quattro showed up and their dog was a, or their bike was an absolute pig. Yeah, didn't go anywhere. Yes. It was the same speed or whatever. Yeah. Uh, David Schwartz from Road Racing World got a chance to talk to basically the person in charge of all that stuff uh, from Yamaha Japan. And he basically said, look, that was a it was a preparation problem. It wasn't a technical issue and was kind of skirting the issues to tell us what was really going on. But he was kind of intimating like, oh, it has to do with like tuning. And we didn't really it almost sounds like they loaded the wrong maps into the bike and didn't have like maps to. Yeah, but how can that that be real? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. But basically, he said it's Yamaha's fault. That has nothing to do with anything else. They're working on improvements. They're on schedule with motor improvements for you know the upcoming sepang test and and you know moving forward when they have to lock their their engine configuration in uh at the last official test i think it's the end of february or something or beginning of march so they have to lock it in so they're still making improvements but the other thing i wanted to talk about was i know you follow steve mathis uh pulp pulp mx uh twitter have you seen the whole ruckus about people from who are motocross and supercross fans talking about who's fabio quadraro and who gives a shit that mm-hmm. whole thing. Have you seen any of that ruckus? I haven't really seen it. No, nope. oh, dude. It's so it's so funny. It's so funny. It is the same thing in the U.S. as it always is. It's like, who's this guy and who cares? And other people are like, dude, it's Fabio Quattararo, the MotoGP world champion. Who cares about MotoGP? It's that whole, like, you know, before COVID hit, dude, ask, you know, na- hardcore NASCAR fans didn't know anything about Formula One. But what's a bigger mm-hmm. sport worldwide, right? Like MotoGP absolutely shines a huge shadow on supercross in terms of ratings and the amount of people that they reach and all this kind of crap, even with MotoGP's declining, you know, stuff. And I just sit there and, and, and watch it all. And just like, man, and like people would be like, Hey man, I like all motorsports. I watch it all. And like, you're stupid, man. Supercross is the only sport. And it was absolutely positively hilarious. And I just kept thinking like, it's the same thing with American football. What American football fan can, na- you know, name 10 soccer stars, you know, mm-hmm. or world football, whatever I you agree. call yep. it, you know, it's, oh, yep. it's like, 
Yeah, I get it. It's big in the U.S. and it's a world championship and all that stuff makes sense to me, but it's not as big as you think it is, man. You know? Well, you know, the thing about Supercross is we all can hardly wait till it comes on every Saturday night. And I love it. I love watching Supercross. I think it's so much fun to watch. But when you really sit there and you think about what intrigues you to watch Supercross, G-Dub, things that intrigue me are seeing new tracks. I love that. I love the fact of watching new tracks. But you got to remember, they're still scaled. All the jumps, most of the whoops, everything is kind of scaled a certain way. Um, Because ultimately, Supercross is pretty boring. Like when you think about it in the sense that, that as much as I love watching it, Whoever gets a start usually does pretty well. The only way real passing is going to happen is if someone tips off or falls over. We do it. We like watching it for the controversy. Like, you know, you see Jason Anderson, you know, <laughs> clip Barsha. And then and Barsha, Barsha absolutely just, it's not even close what he did to Sexton. So that stuff to us intrigues us because it's storylines. But when you when you watch even the race at, at, at A1 that, that Tomac won, the thing that made that race great was the racetrack because it was so hard. It was so gnarly. It was a little bit of a – every rider said it was kind of a survival fest out there um, because <clears throat> you had five guys up at the front. They were all kind of one after the other, which is – it was all tight. But there was like one mistake, you know, Barsha crashed. And then, you know, Sexton ha- makes a mistake. And Tomac crashes. And then Malcolm crashes. And it's like those are really the things it, it's great entertainment supercross is but when you look at like a moto gp how many different winners do we have a year in moto gp i don't even know how many we had last year probably seven six seven supercross generally has about three a year four a year maybe same guys are winning every weekend so you know it's supercross is intriguing for so many different reasons and moto gp for us uh even world superbike now with a lot of different manufacturers, a lot of different people that can win. Um, it, it's 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 more interesting. I think worldwide, I mean, MotoGP is, like you say, Greg, everybody knows about it. But motocross and supercross, they are definitely, they have their own breed of fans as well, where they're just very, very loyal to to that, which is, which is great. Yeah, and I mean, look, we have that same thing in motorsports in general, road race fans that are like, I don't want to hear you guys talk about golf or football or archery, and I understand all that stuff, and I'm not pooping on them, but I just think it's, it's it to me it's funny that people have to get on twitter and express how like who cares who that guy is can you even name him that's what they were saying like they showed a picture of those three guys you, know, you had tomac quadraro and the other guy who i don't know you know and i think he was their off-road guy and they're like name him and it's like why like why do i have to justify this to you quadraro is a world champ and he's a great world champion and the oh, dude yeah. you know if you put his skill you know if you put his skill to the test i mean who would you say if if all things remain, if if it was an old IROC race, remember the old IROCs? They used uh, to like yeah. bring in NASCAR people and Formula One people and race yep. them in like what Corvettes or Camaros, Camaros or something like around an oval. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The old IROC thing. But if you were to do that, I mean, who would you have your money on, Pecco or or Quattararo? I mean, I just think that uh, Quattararo outrides his motorcycle more than you know, and has that ability to do that and get more out of the Yamaha than Pecco can get out of the Ducati. I think that Pecco is of equal level in terms of skill set without question, you know, especially, but I think that Quattararo rode harder this year, you know, and, and, and used more or in 2022 or whatever to get the results that he got. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, like that's a whole nother discussion. Yamaha's got a two rate, a two rider team, which really was one rider all year. You know, they had four bikes out there and there was one guy that 
was the only guy. And Honda's got the same issue. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But talking about Supercross, Greg, they were in San Diego, as you said. And uh, I'll tell you, the field's got to be – they've got to be really, like, um, a little bit nervous right now because Tomac is getting starts. He it, it It's amazing when this guy gets out in front how he can just rip the times off and do what he, th- what he has to do to win. But, dude, Cooper Webb, he is not going away this year. Like, they have obviously made a step. He's made a step. Whatever problems he had last year – Cooper Webb finishes second two times in a row now, A1 and San Diego. He actually started running Tomac down at the end. Um, Barsha ends up third on a really funny, controversial night, it seemed like, with him. <laughs> Ken Roxon ends up fourth just behind him. Ken actually got by him for, I don't know, four corners, and, and Barsha got him back. Sexton ends up fifth. And weren't you just kind of hoping that Sexton was going to get up to the back of Barsha in that race? I, I was. I like. To see how Barsha cleaned him out as much as he did. And we'll get into some of that in a minute. So Sexton ends at fifth. Ferrandis, Jason Anderson, who crashed um, early in the race. Cian Cirillo ends up eighth. Plessinger ninth. And Savachi tenth. So earlier in the evening in the in the heat race, you saw Jason Anderson go by Barsha. Clipped his front wheel. Barsha fell over. Um, I forget who I was talking to, G-Dub. But somebody was telling me... Gosh, where did I hear this? Somebody was telling me that they were in the tunnel. They were actually in the tunnel where the riders go back to the pits, right? After they get checker flag. And Barsha was just reaming Anderson, just screaming at him um, about it. And Anderson came out between the heat race and the main event and called Barsha a bitch, which if you see the interview when they asked Barsha about that. And with Tomac. Yeah, according to Barsha, he never said anything, right? He just According to Barsha, he never said anything. And and then he kind of tried to like, oh, yeah, that corner is kind of a corner where, you know, that kind of stuff could happen. Because it's like um, Anderson made contact with him. Fair play. Anderson took him out. Whatever. Barsha uses Sexton as a berm. Like, when is it? Like, and, and you cannot not laugh about it because... Again, if you go back to like, if these were the Bradshaw, Stanton, Jeff Matasevich um, days, like he's getting knocked out. Somebody's going to come over and punch him. It's going to be, don't you agree? Yeah, totally agree. But it's not the world we live in anymore. It's not the world we live in anymore. But sooner or later, you can see these guys are all getting sick of it. Yeah, somebody's going to do something. I mean, it's going to happen. Barsha, Barsha. Yeah. Barsha just needs to go win the arena cross title. I mean, that's just arena cross racing right there. You know? Well, yeah. He, he, I mean, it's, it's just, just crazy. Berm, but, but he literally I mean, used section as a berm and, and whatever. It is what it is right now. Uh, Tomax. Leading yeah. The points. It's entertaining to watch. If you're not, if you don't have a dog in the fight, it's entertaining to watch. In my opinion, you know, Barsha do what he's going to do because I am kind of waiting for the shoe to fall or shoot a drop. I mean, right. Like that's the, that's the thing. Who's going to do what to Barsha? I mean, you know, somebody's just going to knock him down. It has to happen. Has to. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen on the track, it's going to happen somewhere else. So Jet Lawrence wins, um, the 250 main event over RJ Hampshire, who rode really well. Only 3.6 back. Wait, 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 wait. I can't Uh, believe you're not going to go. You're not going to gas your boy seeing Cirillo. I mean, didn't, didn't he lead for what? A couple laps. Didn't he get a start? He did did good. Yeah. 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 And he's just being, He's, you know, they always thought they, I said, I think some, we said something about can never doubt the speed of Cianciarello in the first three laps because he gets good starts and he ran and I was stoked. I mean, I think that he's being smart about what he's doing right now. He's, 
He's got to stay healthy, doesn't he? He's got to stay healthy. I mean, he just needs a season. Just, just, just go through the season and then, yes. then find that other tenth or two. Because, dude, Tomac did a forty-nine-one. The next fastest rider did a fifty flat, like nine tenths yeah, of the second so in Supercross for it? your fastest. Is that what it was? G-Dub? Is that what yeah. it was? Wow. Yes. Didn't even the see only that. other. Well, yeah. So, so Chase did. Sexton did a forty-nine-nine-five-nine. Tomac okay. did a forty-nine-one. Nobody else did a forty-nine. Everybody That's else wild. was in the, so so forty-nine-nine. Yeah, but it's wow. he was so, Tomax is another level. But yeah, that feeds right into Jet Lawrence being another level. I mean, we've had four Supercross races and two winners, two winners. Right? And Jet Lawrence is kind of they've come in and said that you know he's kind of the guy. RJ Hampshire is riding great. He ends up he, he didn't get the best start, but he ends up finishing second, only three point six back. McAdoo ends up third. Lopez um, Enzo Lopes ends up fourth. Pierce Brown, good to see him back after his accident. Mm. But I mean, like yeah. Greg, Lopes and Brown, they're twenty eight seconds and thirty four seconds back, respectively. Unreal, I mean, it's, unreal. It's not close. It's like it's half a lap. See, let, 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 let's give it some perspective. Jet Lawrence's fastest lap of the race was a fifty point three, fifty seconds yeah. point three, and Lopes is twenty nine seconds behind him. That's right. In yeah. fourth and, place, and I don't In even fourth. know because now they now they do everything by time, so I don't know. Does this say anywhere on here, Greg? I'm looking to see exactly how many laps they ended up doing. It doesn't say, but it's... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it does say because Jet led every lap, and so he did. Ni- they did 19 laps. They did 19 laps. 19 so in laps 19 total. laps, you're half a track behind. So, uh, you know, again, yeah. and these guys are... It, it, I mean, there's, it's crazy when you watch That's... how good all these guys are, but... Yeah. Um, Robertson ends up six. Oldenburg, seventh. Phil Nicoletti, Derek Kelly, Cole Thompson round out your top 10. Um you know, again, it's it's one of those things where what's it going to be like? Who's going to be injured? Who's going to stay healthy through the whole year? That's the thing that you got to think of. I mean, Forkner's out, as we know. So Supercross this week, Anaheim, G Dub. I'm going. I'm actually going. You, holy so, crap! Stop yourself. You are driving down the 101 to go to a race. Uh, I mean, it's important. Simon's you, you're going to have to wait a second. Are you going to have to get on the 405? Uh, I'm probably going to, I will do everything I can not. No, no, I don't actually have to from where I live. So, but it doesn't matter. Still going to that cesspool that is Los Angeles. That's what you need to do. You need to just drive down the one to Simon's and then have Simon drive you and you can just sit as a passenger. The plan is use the HOV lane to to pick up Simon and maybe even Cole on my way down. So yeah, so they can listen to me. Actually, I've gotten way mellower. I'm, I just and, and at least it's Saturday. At least I'm not doing it on a Friday. That's or, true. That's true. Yeah. So it won't be it won't be as bad. And um, it's Simon's birthday, so we got to go there for that, and we'll go have a good time down there at the uh, at the Supercross. It'll be fun. All right, so let's talk about fantasy, Jason, because I mean, I absolutely positively love, 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 love what happened to you over the weekend in Thanks. fantasy in terms of would. the Greg's Garage Pod Fantasy League. Some of the people on our on our deal have had big weeks. So I think I think Trey Belts was leading the way. Now it's Twig five four seven, who launched a two fifty six two fifty one the first week. Wow. Two fifty six, who's two hundred and thirty fourth overall in the nation. You know is Twig amazing. You know, I slipped a little bit as you know you slipped. I mean you were on the first page. I don't even. Where are you now? What happened? Right. Well, tell I, us I, what I happened even... with your fantasy stuff. All right, so on Saturday afternoon, uh, obviously I've been doing one-on-ones all day, 
And I'm like, oh, we've got plenty of time to get our picks in. This is going to be sick. And Ooh. and chugga, chugga, I was like, chugga, pumped, chugga, you know. Chugga, 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 so is the excuse things, train, people. No, no, no. no. Right. I, I I totally screwed up. Like I. So basically what ended up happening is I, I had a ton of students that were coming in. I was going through videos with different people. And then I had a couple people that were in our league that wanted to understand it better. So I was trying to show them what you do, how you do it, this and that. So I was kind of explaining, like, it's pretty funny because people still think, oh, I'll take all the all-stars, right? So mm-hmm. I was explaining how the points and all that stuff work. Well, I had I had taken out. I had shown somebody how I took out an all-star to put in, you know, so I didn't have eight all, you know, a bunch of all-stars. And essentially, Judah, what it, what what happened was I was showing people so much stuff that I when I did my team, I didn't have an all-star on the 250s. So I'd picked my 450 team and I'd picked my 250 team, but I was mixing and matching people and showing them different things of why I wanted to choose this guy over that guy. And when it started, I just started, I didn't have a 250 team in. So that ended up kind of, that was the end of it for me. I, I started the races and I'm like, oh, let's see who I got. And then it says right across the bottom of my thing, it says, um, you need to add a 250 all-star. So I'm like, oh, mm. what are the repercussions of that? Because it had already started. And it was like, yeah, you're done for the, done. So I didn't, I didn't have well. a team. You're in 123rd. Let me tell you some of the losers you're hanging around with. Just uh, just above you is High Rev Trev in 119th place and 118th place. Garrett Kai and, and Jason or Jeff Wheel from Arai. Mm-hmm. Just above you in 113th is Corey Alexander and some guy named Hog Spoley. I mean, dude, if, if you who need won, to find who, you, Jay, you're on, most... you're on page three. Page three. Oh, just yeah. so you well, know. Yeah, that's I'm, at least I'm still on page two. I started the week on page two. I'm still barely hanging on on page two. I'm I'm down to 79th now. So I got I got to see who scored the most points between. Uh, well, let's see. James Hogspoli is obviously with Spoli. He's 158. Yeah. Corey 156. I don't know what Andrew and Gilbert did, but yeah, we got a little pool each week that I'm going to owe on that one. So well, see the other yeah. the other thing is we're in we're in multiple leagues, right? Like private leagues, and you we crush, have that's what sucks. You crush the. The league that we're in with the Skips League with a couple of my buddies from archery and stuff are in there doing well because they're big Supercross guys. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll get to see both of them this weekend, so I'm sure we're going to talk about it. But yep. yeah, it's too bad. Gilbert's 24th, dude. He's ki- he's killing you. Skips 24th, in 21st. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like bad on page deal. two with me. But uh, in third I, place I, is I, third I'm place. By the way, in our league sure. right now is Barsha just wrecked someone. That's pretty just, good. That's a good one. By the way, if you're joining our league, whoever finishes first at the end of the season is going to win themselves a new Arai helmet, as well as a set of Dunlop Q5 track day tires. Second place is going to get Dunlop Q5, a set of those. And third place is going to get a set of Dunlop Q5S, which is the new street tire that's used for carving uh, carving canyons. You could even ride your bike to the racetrack and you do a track day on those tires as well. Really good tires all the way around. So thanks to Orion Dunlop for supporting our Pulp MX Fantasy League. Right now it is Twig five four seven over Tay Belts. <laughs> Barsha just wrecks someone. That's By the way, Caro forty three is tied for fifth place with Beat JP forty three. Right. She picks. She makes all of her picks before she even goes to. She doesn't even see any qualifying or anything. I don't think so, dude. That's the best I did last year. This, this pulling up and seeing who went fastest and who, it's just 
Ugh. Trash. Yeah. 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 Shit. Hey, listen, I'm in the administrator of the league. I wonder if I could see how, like who picks who, what, and maybe I I could learn some lessons. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. I'm bummed because I actually had a first good start of the year, but I told you after the first week and I said, my hopes are not getting high at all, but I didn't think I was just going to give everybody a round. My hopes at this point, Jay, are just to have eight riders in because uh, first week I only had six and last week I had in Six, fairness, seven. In fairness, even if I the team that I had picked, like my four fifty team, I'd have got smoked. Oh really? Yeah, I wouldn't have had a good weekend anyways. So mm. I would have got more than zero, which would have been nice, especially in our other league. But yeah, anyways, it is what it is. What are you gonna do? Well, hey, hey, what are you All gonna right, well, do? Next week, we'll, hey, do we can do? <laughs> hey, we can do. So next week, we're gonna talk more about World Superbike testing, especially day two at, at Jerez. Maybe we'll even get some comments from Steve English if he's got some time. We'll talk to him and see what he saw after the second day, because there is a lot of, when you're testing, a lot of objectives. There's so much work that these teams need to do. You have these rookies like Agurta who are in the mix and Petrucci. They're just trying to figure out just the basic stuff. Then on top of that, you've got to get after it with what transmissions you're going to, you know, pick and all this kind of stuff. So we'll see what Steve English has to say. Maybe we'll get him on next week and, and that'll be fun. Um, yeah, Steve, what's the plans for this weekend? You, you away from the racetrack? I'm, I'm going to an archery tournament in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. All right. I'm, I'm uh, well, <clears throat> I'm chilling uh, at home. I'm going to hang out the weekend because I don't get to do that much. So chill with mom a little bit. And cool. well, my you know, team Jay, is still playing. I'm just saying, my team is still playing get... on Sunday. <sighs> my team is still playing. All I, ca- all I really care about, honestly, is that Eagles my won. Niners, my Niners, who are Your my Niners, would you stop? What? Just stop. Don't talk about it. I have an I have an East Coast team and a West Coast team. What's wrong with that? You're you're an idiot. Your 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 pats have been on vacation for three weeks now. So <laughs> yeah. they're warming up, they're already stretching but for next I year. I know bro. if you haven't I know if you have an NFC team, I've seen you sing the song at the I've been there. I've watched you sing the Dude, Philadelphia. My Eagles. NFC team is the Fly 49ers all the way. Fly Eagles fly, baby. But whatever happens to the Eagles, I don't even care. I just hope they get beat. But as long as the Cowboys are so, out, that's, that's so all I really mean. care about. So mean. Cowboys as are out. As long as the Cowboys and the Giants. Those, those, as long as the Cowboys oh. and the Giants are out. That Cowboys thing goes back way to when I was a little kid. The Patriots were such trash. You know, that, yeah, they were a team and stuff, but you never really rooted for them. Like, you were there. I went to some of the games when I was a kid. But my team when I was a little kid were the Steelers, man. Me too. Terry Bradshaw. I love the Steelers back in the day. Lynn yeah, Swan. Yeah, all that. Franco. Lynn yeah, Swan. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Steelers. Jack Lambert. Bomb. So, yeah. anyways. So, I'm going to go Supercross Saturday. That'd be a good time with the boys. Sunday, I'm going to watch football, chill out, watch both those games. And you're games. going to watch Competition Archery Media's YouTube channel and, and watch me commentate archery because the difference. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's exactly oh, what happens. I'm yawning. That's Sorry, I'm yawning at the moment. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> In um, racing, it's like da-da-da-da-da. In archery, it's like. I know. And there's I a know. 10. And there's a 10. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm excited to just kind of be home and um, maybe play a little bit of golf. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Race season, like though you said, GW is here. It's alive, so I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens in Anaheim. And then what do we got? We got any of our teams going out testing? I think Attack was testing last week. Maybe I'll find out a little bit about how that went for them last week. We'll talk about that on next week's show. So I should be around Tuesday or Wednesday of next week pretty easily. Perfect. Can't wait to see you then. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Sorry we missed a week. We'll keep you updated. Talk to you all in a week's time later.